Welcome to the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift Radio production, where we support your adventure in tabletop game design by discussing, learning, and creating right alongside you. And here we are. Hi, yeah. Josh. Hey, what's up? Um, hey, everyone. Not much. I love how we do the, hey, what's up? Like, we haven't seen each other all day. I know. Well, today, not as much. It's, it's the busy. theater. Yep, it's it a peek a behind the curtain. It is. It's, it's a regular drama. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. On this we, really high chair, I feel like I'm on, like, uh, inside the actor's You're studio or something. very imperious right yeah, now. Like the, okay. <laughs> Don't peel back my layers. I feel like I'm, like, <laughs> it's fine. So tell me about your childhood and how... Did you see the best? <laughs> there was a really good one of Inside the Actors. It was just a clip. I've never watched a whole... Has anyone ever watched a whole episode of that show? Uh, someone I went to high school with was on Inside the Actors studio as one of the constant... They were like a student, I think, at NYU in their acting department. And they're like, that's the audience. Which Oh, well, great. then they probably listen. Yeah, they but probably does anyone ever it. watched a whole one? Like, I've always... I've seen clips and I always find it fascinating. But the best one I saw was the it's one... Kevin Spacey. <laughs> no, it was Steven Spielberg. <laughs> okay. And who's the host of that show? Charlie Rose or no, something? No, no not wait. Charlie uh, Rose. I always thought it was that too. It's the guy. Just a different. It's the guy. A different guy like Charlie Rose, um, except probably not because Charlie Rose is no. Anyway, what he said as this he introduced as folks. he introduced Steven Spielberg was he said you know and you can see Steven Spielberg's face and he says in the in the TikTok it's him saying uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It is about a scientist. Uh, uh, who speaks in math, who's able to communicate through music. Your mother was a music uh, major and your father was a computer programmer or something. He goes, is this a movie about your parents communicating finally? And Steven oh, Spielberg's, like, seen this clip. Yeah, Spielberg's like, I didn't know that till just now. But so, yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. It's, like, <laughs> I didn't see, it's just the best. That clip is great. By the way, it's James Lipton. James Lipton. I kept thinking Campbell's, like Campbell. And I was like, I know it's not Campbell, but no. it's just a different soup. Yeah, I had the association with soup. I was like Lipton. Um, the Lipton's tea. No, they do soups as well. That's okay. And I'm pretty sure that Will Ferrell usually used to play him on SNL when they would mock and, inside that's the extra studio because that's all I can picture is the fake beard and the glasses and yes. everything like that. Yeah, he did do it. That's true. Um, but hey, Nullamancers. Yeah, this was an idea. You know, I had this. I was thinking of this today. I before this was even barely a seed of a germ of an idea. Sure. I had thrown that down on the notion, the Nolamancer concept down yep. on the notion thing. But I am just amazed at how I, I dropped it and you've just run with this class. Like this really speaks to I'm, you. I'm fighting my urge to go, sorry. No, no. I. <laughs> you're taking it in far different directions than I do. <laughs> I just think it's fascinating. All I did was drop the seed and, you know, it's great. It's interesting how creativity I have a works, long drive in the morning. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> um so yeah we have some stuff written down about the nullamancer we have we took some time and we wrote and we worked on some flavor text well we say we but you did well yeah well i mean it's okay with input and collaboration yeah, yeah. um this but is, this is definitely your baby i, I think i it's, do the drafting yeah, i, I really don't do it though um but this is also anything is open to obviously anything is open to changes as right. we develop it but here's i also have a creative pin that i did think about this whole process with your yes, enthusiasm yes, in yes. mind and not meant as a bad thing. I think it's fascinating that you're enthusiastically into this. I wouldn't play this class. No. It's not my kind of class. I don't like wizards. I don't like sorcerers, anything like that. I probably wouldn't either. But you've created a background. I don't know. I think you would. Maybe because I would. Because really, of the way you're you're tailoring it to make it. I think you're making this a caster class you would play. That's possible. And, yeah. and Well, it's skewing close to... It's like a... 
I don't know, a weird hybrid child of cleric and warlock. It is. is. And, and with ranger thrown in there for fun. Yeah. Um, not really with ranger thrown in there for fun, but the, the model of the progression. Yeah. When I look at other classes and their progressions, mm. uh, and you know, building off of what has already been created by others, the three classes I look at the most through this process have mm. been ranger, cleric, and warlock. Right. Um, I look at ranger because it's a half-caster, pseudo-martial class. Mm-hmm. And that's how I prefer my magic. Exactly. And well, that's how like I envision this. It's got to be a tool that attaches to something cooler that the character right. does. So, for with me. a ranger, the magic enhances their combat. Yep. Um, and tracking. And this and is like, so it's, I would say what? With a ranger, it's like 70 30 combat yeah. oh, to yeah. magic. Yeah. I imagine this being 30 to 70. Yeah. Combat to magic. No, totally. This is, um, I mean, it's like a beefier, it's beefier than a warlock. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's, oh, yeah. it's it, honestly, it's like a, a cleric. Kind of the beefiness of a cleric, of the old school cleric that you imagine with a shield and heavy armor. Right. Um, but with the change being, if, if you play it tanky, I mean, this, you could obviously play it dexy too. Yeah. Because um, strength is the number one dump stat in D&D. <laughs> and then you, your, your spell like abilities, like your martial stuff is slightly second to your marshals, right. your martial abilities. Right, and that makes sense given the role it needs to play in the world. Right, and the other thing that we are specifically making it as a as a was it multi attribute dependent M A D multi attribute dependent class. Which okay. yep. it, so that's one of the reasons. Like when you look at wizard, people are like, well, wizards are like godly powerful at higher levels, and they only rely on one stat. So so wizard. you look at a wizard, and wizards are only dependent on intelligence. You yeah. could put eights and everything with an intelligence and 20 and that wizard is still going to be competent they're going to die quick if they get hit right but they can still drop meteor swarm right and, and so this guy needs to and these nolamancers need to be able to potentially handle right exactly swarm, you know that's yeah. and that's the point this yep. is this is someone that you and i like the idea story-wise my my vibe for this is uh that i keep thinking is people don't like nolamancers they make them uneasy i like this idea that People, right. they're 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 a little bit zealous. They come across as a little bit like a zealot. Yep. And and I see that too. Well, and, it's funny you should say that because that's what when I, as I read this and look at it and imagine it, that's what puts me off. Yeah. Is that I got to imagine they're they could be potentially insufferable in the sense that they're very confident. I'm assuming. Yep. Um, but more than anything, I feel like the populace at large doesn't buy anything about their origins. That's fair. I feel like they would just be like. Mm, you wield an awful lot of power around these parts. And how did you get that training? You can't even really tell me, you know, like right. ordained by the Congress of Divinities. What? What? Yeah. The, mm. Hmm. Yeah, um, I just find that interesting. And, but that's sort of the vibe. Like I want them to be like, okay, there, there's a, there's a party of people going into the verge. Mm-hmm. And so you've got your party together. You've got a, you've got a verge warden. You've got a, a sorcerer from the mm-hmm. Academy. You have a fighter. You have a, right. you have a cleric. What you have a rogue, whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, the wizards like, and this is our, or sorcerers like, this is our fifth party member and out steps a nullamancer and everyone goes, oh, well, you know, and no. what I, I I also really like the idea of there is no way anyone from Point Reach goes into the Verge without bringing one. Yeah, you know what I mean. I like the idea of people, you know, of folks, you know, who live down among the Verge and, and these various villages. Listen, yeah, I can take you. You know, your Verge wards like, yeah, I can take you there. I can take you there. Okay, great, great. Um, but I am bringing, you know, freaking Nullamancer or whatever. You know, the Nullamancer from Point. 
<laughs> right, exactly. Like, yeah. Deep, deep sigh. Yeah. And also like, I, I, and they don't have, honestly, they don't have to be right. I that mean, way. You role playing, that's what I also use as but my that ties, overall vibe. That kind of like butts up against like the old stereotypical lawful good paladin. Right. Anybody you know? could be whoever they want, attitude-wise. Exactly. There's but, nothing stopping you from paying a, a chipper, goofy Nullamancer. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything... I don't think there's anything from a design perspective that precludes us from being able to set that vibe, that expectation. Most right. people see Nullamancers as you know, what we were just discussing. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And then that would create some fun role-play opportunities for someone playing against type. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're playing a bubblegum, right. you know. Which... Y- you know, and the DM can throw the you know can throw that out entirely or whatever. But it also, especially for people that maybe don't play all the time, it gives them a good starting point. Like, right. what is my character like? And if you're throwing this into a different setting than Esteron, right. you don't have to do any of it. The origins right. you can tailor whatever the origins of Nelomancy are to your world. Mm-hmm. You can, if you want to play them in Faerun, you can make them Thayan, and then yeah. it's kind of similar. You know, you can make them bad guys. You can make them good guys. I want them to mm-hmm. be that people. They make people uneasy because of the way they're trained mm-hmm. yep. and the power they wield. Right, and people just don't understand it. But at the same time, Nelomancers are the one that make lifelight beacons, which sure. TB to be renamed at some point. Yeah, which are in every major settlement near the Verge. Because yep. they're what keep the verge growth from taking over the city. Mm-hmm. So I love yeah. love hate relationships. Oh yeah, and so. you know, and they also kind of assume this position, mm-hmm. and everyone just yeah, I just, and they're I probably love... cocky about it. Yeah, I, I would like, imagine. Oh, do I make you uncomfortable? Yeah, I don't know why they talk like this, but now <laughs> well, they do. this one does right. This one, I did name do, the other one Hans, but I don't do, do it. I don't I do accents very well. I have here your lifelight beacon. Your life. Would you like it or not? Yeah, I actually kind of like. Well, again, they can be played any any way, but that's that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so. Le- this is the flavor text that I wrote. Um, basically, keeping in mind that there's one more paragraph to write in this, which is under creating a nullamancer. But I'm modeling this after basically other classes as they appear in other things. Right. So the nullamancer. Sometimes. A young person of significant magical potential is recruited into the mysterious and elite College of Vigilance. Years later, they emerge as a nullamancer, if they emerge at all. Subjected to secretive and dangerous processes, these recruits have their raw magical abilities altered and reversed, granting them the ability to protect, modify, and even negate magical effects and abilities. Nullamancers serve as the check on the power of magic users, often overseeing arcane experimentation and exploration lest a mishap bring about some new calamity. Subjected to intense academic, physical, and nullamantic study, nullamancers often serve as guards and guides, though they are rumored to hold assassins and spies among their secretive ranks. Nullamancers see themselves as the custodians of a world overrun by magic, and only through extreme discipline and oversight can the world be made safe and another apocalypse avoided. Nice. That's, I mean, I think that sort of, that, you know, editing still to be done, but kind of captures the vibe. Yeah, for sure. I they're almost you know it's funny because in my mind they're and it's not it's not a, a direct correlation but they're almost like a like an anti verge warden yeah I see them know? as two different ways of solving the same problem and it does make me wonder if verge warden shouldn't become a class that's a whole nother yeah that's a whole nother kettle of fish yeah it is it is um because yeah verge warden as a ranger subclass I like too so yeah. well, I, I also know. want to do like a a verge warden um druid circle yeah that's true. So interesting. The next paragraph um, explains so that the Nullamancer, that's the flavor text for the class. The next paragraph generally explains their powers. And this was based on reading in like a player's handbook. Exactly. So these are guardians against unchecked magic. After years of rites, experimentation, and training, 
a Nullimancer develops the ability to create and manipulate an arcane manifestation called a Corporealis. This ability is the core of what defines a Nullimancer's power. As they continue to train their abilities, so do they grow their Corporealis. The most talented of Nullimancers are even said to be able to project themselves far beyond their physical bodies. On the battlefield, Nullimancers hold their own while protecting their allies and disrupting the magic of their foes. Specializations known as Nullimantic Rites allow a Nullimancer to, uh, allow, uh, allow a Nullimancer, uh, no, yeah. The allow, ability to manipulate their Corporealis yeah. in unique ways. There you go. Often focusing on defense or offensive manipulations. A party with ally, a party that allies with a Nullimancer gains a comrade that can offer unique protection from spells, magical effects, and and weapons, and even arcane mutations of the Verge. For that reason, they are highly regarded, even if their presence often causes a great deal of unease among those who wield magic. Yep. And yeah, and you know, again, I love the corporealis, but it's Mm -hmm. probably a bit of a mouthful. Um, You could also say corpus. (laughs) Yeah, but then I think porpoise. Yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. This is like when you name a kid and you're like, I'm going to name them Billy. They're all going to call him Silly. (laughs) (laughs) Set. Is that Jim Gaff? That sounded Jim Gaffigan ask. Oh, I don't know why he said that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a real jerk. Um, Hot pockets. <laughs> Hot pockets. The process by which an arcane potential is converted into nullamantic null, null, abilities is highly secretive. Even nullamancers themselves do not know the route by which they are created. As a final act of obedience to their creators and teachers, nullamancers surrender the memories of their training to the College of Vigilance forever stripping the secrets from their mind, leaving all their learning, training, and abilities. Nullamancers swear a binding oath of obedience to the college, and those that shirk the oath often find themselves the target of their peers. Dum-dum-dum. Which ties in, like, okay, so I was thinking all about your, what you want out of this class, which is the third subclass for, that we were talking about, right? Yeah. called the heretic, mm-hmm. which is somebody who says screw you to the College of Vigilance yep. and basically tries to use Nullamancy to recreate their original spellcasting ability mm-hmm. only they create something different. Right. Turns so, into another thing. Turns into a whole other thing. I also like the idea that they can channel spells. Yep. Like So like if somebody did a fireball they're able to just... And that's one of the things. So yeah. looking over this um, I wanted... As I was coming up, I was just listing different kinds of abilities that I imagined them having, and I eventually kind of broke it down into two different things. Mm-hmm. There's the corporealis powers, which all Nullamancers get as they go. And I was looking at different classes. This is so, sorry, side okay. tangent. Yeah. Looking at design that already exists, you look at a fighter, you look at a warlock, you look at any class, a lot of them have something that everyone gets if you play the class, and then something that you pick that specializes and tweaks and personalizes the class as you advance. So for Warlocks, that is uh, Eldritch Invocations. Mm-hmm. For um, Fighters, it might be Maneuvers. It, right. you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff like that. Yeah. And so I wanted, so I came up with the idea, I just, for now, I'm calling it Rites, R-I-T-E-S, like religious rites. Okay. So they have their Corporealis powers, which mm-hmm. they all get. Yeah. And then the rights, which are the things that allow them to personalize. And that's beyond their subclass. So okay. as I imagine it now, levels one and two, the starting levels, yeah. they are they have some basic nullamantic powers. Nothing super special. Right. But like who can do anything super special at levels one and two? Right. And they're gonna need something. And then just like a wizard. Exactly. Yeah. Level three, they choose their specialty. Um, they choose either a well, the three specialties we've have is we said what um one was offense offense defense and heretic yeah yep, right yep so we have offense defense oh yeah and as i was making notes today 
after giving you this document. Yeah. I wrote Guardian, Templar, and Heretic. Okay. Um, so a Nullamancer's specialty as they advance their level is either going to be the Guardian, the Templar, or the Heretic. That's their subclass they choose at yeah. three, which then you, as we design it, we pick the abilities it gets. Now, this was useful. Um, I looked at all classes and I looked at when they... Like I looked at Ranger, yep. and they have their, their Ranger uh, subclass. And I looked at all the subclasses, but generally, you get your subclass at third, mm-hmm. and yep. then you get a subclass feature at seventh, eleventh, and fifteenth. Yeah. So yep. those are, so that is one, two, three, four abilities per subclass. There's one for Guardian, one right. for Templar, or, yep. and one list and one list of four for Right, because Heretic. the Drake Warden flies at like level 15 or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah. And it probably, actually, level 15 right there. It's the yeah. last one. Yep. Um, and then at fourth, eighth, twelfth, and sixteenth and nineteenth, you get your ability score improvement. Yep, that's so those things automatically yeah. go on there. And then I that's when I noticed, oh, so your subclass feature comes the level right before your level your ability score improvement. Right. So that's cool. Yeah. As, and if you take a feat, then you're like, okay, I get a new ability, and then I can put a feat on it. Mm-hmm. Things mm-hmm. like that. So that just kind of gives us some things that automatically are right. So you don't have to, to fill. We, you don't have to fill all twenty levels. Exactly. In a way. Right. And They're there are dead levels right. in some. There, there are some levels where you're yeah, dead some levels. You, yeah. And maybe it's not a dead level, but maybe you, that's the level you bump up your right, how many rights you know. Oh, okay. So as of right now, I think of it as uh, a Nullamancer has to manifest their corporealis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the corporealis manifestations are limited, sort of like barbarian rages. Then also, starting at their subclass level, they start to choose rights. Now, this number progression, I don't know if I like it, but... Um, it starts at one right and goes all the way through five rights by 20th level. Mm-hmm. Eldritch Invocations, there's a lot more than that. They don't, you know, they get them at uh, different levels. But thinking like Eldritch Invocations, they progress. And then at certain levels, they get to choose, oh, I get to pick a new Nullamantic right. Yeah. And that gives you a new specialized ability. This is super, it just breaks my brain. I don't know how people do this. <laughs> right. Like, I am, like, and this is fairly organized. And I still feel like everything's a hot mess on this page. Well, I mean, they're just, it's just some brainstorming ideas you put down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right, here's what I came up with for corporealis powers. The Nullamantic Spark. I imagine this being the first level thing. Like, every first level Nullamancer gets a Nullamantic Spark. Okay. That is just going to be like the thing they can manifest. It doesn't, it's not outside their body. It's just inside their body. And it gives them some of their basic Nullamantic powers. Okay. Yeah. That um, makes sense. Then I have, what is it? I have, and these are no particular level order. Yeah. Nullamantic branding. I imagine this is something you do to an enemy spellcaster if you can get close to them. You can brand them. Okay. Which causes them to have to work harder to cast their spells. And then you can hold the brand on them with concentration. Oh, okay. So then it becomes like a battle of wills. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's cool. Uh, Nullamantic Ward or Nullamantic Shield, I imagine is basically just that. It creates some sort of a shield to yourself or a shield to others, I'm not sure yet, where maybe it grants advantage on saving throws against magical effects, you know? Yeah. And that's a basic monster power. You know, so many monsters have uh, the monster, the, the Bleager Blorf has advantage on saving throws against spells and spell like ability. Which book is the Bleager Blorf? The Bleager Blorf? It's yeah. or something we wrote. Oh. We're okay. going to write the Bleager Blorf. <laughs> the herpa derpa derpa cheeky cheeky cheeky. Yep. Um, Nelemantic Vigor. I like the idea of them using uh, absorbed magic to heal themselves or boost their abilities in okay. combat. So I imagine that being like one of the offensive ones. Like he has the ability to, if someone hits him with a spell, they can do something to channel some of that energy back into their body mm-hmm. to do stuff. Yeah. Nullamantic absorption, which allows you to absorb magic to redirect it in some different way. 
Mm-hmm. Nullimantic Beacon, which I imagine is something that creates an aura of protection for your allies, for the okay. Guardian. Nullimantic Bolt or Strike would be something for the attacker. Um, and that probably is pretty self-explanatory. It's you know, a pew-pew beam of Nullimantic power. And the other one I came up with was a Nullimantic Guardian or Acolyte, which is, or I was also thinking Squire, which is the one where you manifest an actual secondary being right. of Nullamancy. Which would be the one that would be most, would be very popular. That's going to be, and it's going to be the super popular. Up towards the top of the list too. Like yeah, that's going to be sure. like your 15. Yep. Um, your level 15 ability. So, like a Nullamantic confusion. What's that? Tell me, um, tell me about it. I'm like going to write it down. Like a disruption, like a disruption field. Oh, like okay. when they're putting it out, a wizard may struggle to, they may have to roll something to struggle that they, so if they want to do a spell and it has a somatic, Maybe they can't okay. remember the gesture. They uh-huh. have to roll a, an additional something. You know, not always impossible, but an additional. So check. similar to the brand, but different. Yeah, I guess. I guess it would be the same. Come to think of it, but you wouldn't have to touch them. Okay, so it's, so it's like it's like a lighter version of the branding at distance. Well, I just like the idea of frustrating wizards. I do too. <laughs> so it's like just something where they have to like they can't find where they put the component. <laughs> I want I want to see see of course I'm picturing Raven checking all of his pockets all his pockets. Well, and one of the things I had in there is like I would love them to have the ability to steal a spell slot. Yeah, that'd be great. Plug one up on somebody. Like you get there and you hit them and then that you, you maybe it's a right or a romantic dam. Yeah. Just <laughs> they just lock down the or guys like, like feel you know tapped mm-hmm. and or you some sort of like a vampiric touch thing. You absorb their spell slot and use it to heal yourself. Or if they have the spell slot memorized for the day you just snatch it right out now you can use that spell oh you just take you could, it like well yes smell, like a spell sniper type deal. yes exactly is that do we have one like that uh, well one of the rights so here's the list of different right ideas i had mm-hmm. arcane deflection okay. which just you can redirect a spell away from you yep not not point it just away from you mm-hmm. just enough that it misses you kind of thing arcane reflection would be uh i'm rubber you're glue <laughs> Right. Anything you cast at me, I bounce back at you. Um, arcane disruption would be some sort of a, like, oh, you, uh, basically what you're just talking about. Like, yeah. you disrupt the okay. ability to cast the spell. Yeah. Arcane binding. I just like the way it sounded. I don't know what it would do. Okay. What would it do? Maybe an arcane binding is something that you would place upon magical items and weapons. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, if I mean, it has limited use, perhaps, but you would, if you... You know, if you're fighting some demon and you know he's probably got some kind of enchanted weapon, you can bind. I'd say demon, but beast, whatever. Yeah. You can bind it. You, if you cast the binding on it and maintain, it loses whatever, you know, it is either penalized on oh. its magical. You know what I mean? If it was a plus one, it doesn't get the plus one anymore or something like That's that. That's cool. Yeah. You could probably also default it to, um, well, one of the things I also toyed with is a Nullimantic die, sort of like a Bardic Inspiration die. Yeah. Um, and then oh, like a lot of these powers like would, level up over time. That would apply a lot though to what we want it to do. Exactly. We want it to disrupt. So having something that that, that would work. So that's going to be like for early levels. Like okay, that's a uh, I got an elementic binding on the Balor's greatsword. Right. Fight, I'm so, fighting then, it at level three for some reason, and right. you nullimantically <laughs> bind it, and it fails its saving throw. So it has to. You have to roll a d4 and subtract from its stuff. Yeah. Uh, someday, if we ever have merch, uh, the Balor has to be on it. Okay. Because we always go... We always go always to the, the Balor. We always mention the Balor. Um, arcane Alteration. Now, this was when I had a little stroke of like, I was like, oh, this could be cool or terrible. And I'm sure, again, we could create this whole class, by the way, and it keeps telling me this, this, and it could be like the most unbalanced garbage ever. Right. But... It could. 
I just am I'm enjoying the process of trying to do it. Sure. So arcane alteration is you're, where you, you're relishing the process. Yeah, actually. is where yeah. you change an aspect of the spell that's cast. Okay, explain that because I had an idea in my head and I feel like maybe that's this it. is where oh you shot at like you're let's say that you are a tiefling. Yeah. You're a tiefling with uh fire resistance and someone shoots cone of cold at you. Yeah. And you get off ar- arcane alteration. I was and just you change thinking it that. to fire. That's why I was just thinking. I would love them to be able to switch to flip the switch elementally or yeah, something. To like alter like, the elemental change. Yeah, or, that's uh, great. Force an elemental change on something. I think that'd be awesome. So but I was just thinking it. So I obviously think And that could awesome. and if you think about it, that doesn't necessarily help you all the time. It's it's a very specific circumstance. Which is well, why I imagine it as a right, and that is that it, with the whole character, the whole concept in general, and even when I jotted it down in Notion, I was like, I wonder if this is a very specific character. Like, does your DM ask you to run a Nolomancer? Right. Or well, can it, you just drop it, and he'll always be useful in every situation? Maybe. And that's why I like the idea of having some real meteor martial abilities, so that exactly. you could have I, him to do both. I want them to be able to get out there and wade into a combat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the, that idea. And as I'm sitting here design, you know, writing and coming up with these design ideas, I think, okay, so is this something someone would want to play? So I keep coming back to what's cool about what, what, how can I make this, that these powers are cool, but still balanced. Mm -hmm. And so that someone would want to play one of these. And I don't want to create a class that attracts someone that's disruptive at the table. I don't want to create a class that just is a save or suck save versus suck uh, right. class, because that's boring to the DM. I don't want it to affect the DM's fun either. I don't want it to become Dispel Magic. The, silvery Barbs. I don't want it to become the Silvery Barbs caster. Yeah. Um, and you could also, th- I like the idea of being able to throw it out an NPC as a villain. Mm-hmm. And yep. I like the idea, and you know, ultimately, maybe you go all the way through this and Nullamancer should just be an NPC monster. Well, that's crossed my mind. I, that, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, man, what if we design this whole thing at the end? We go, it works better as an NPC monster as, a cl- as opposed to a class. Right. But then, yeah, and then you would leave it to community of, in, you know, community of players to, then they would take it and turn it into a class. A class. So. Because I do think it's a great, I think it's a very cool idea, especially the way it's coming together. Yeah. I think there's appeal there. But again, part of the design process is how does it drop into a campaign? Right. Exactly. You know, um, how how dramatically so let's just imagine so in the various exploits of uh tome guardians and candlekeep sure how much how 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 disruptive would this have been would this have been disruptive to the adventure or would it can we imagine all these ways where it would augment the adventure you know what i mean like if right. we're dropping into story does this bring something to the table that mm-hmm. would alter in a positive way you know and i haven't given it any thought but i wonder if that's not one trial we can put it through in our mind well and i think that's going to be the importance of the play testing like Mm -hmm. we're just going to have to stick this like all right i need we're going to run an adventure and i need four people to run this with me one of you has to play a nullamancer the other one has to play a verge warden ranger Yep. and we're going to run an adventure fourth eighth twelfth and Mm fifteenth and twentieth and you know even come up with some scenarios well it might even be you know for our for for our purposes, playtesting, it may even be wise to run it through Candlekeep. Mm-hmm. You know, run it through one of these adventures that we're familiar with on purpose and that probably numerous players would be familiar with. Sure. And be like, how did how did did this change the flow of the story? Did it not make it hit the same way? Yeah, in I mean, a bad you could way, totally. You know? Well, that's the other thing you do is you could run this through. Uh, you could run this through. Uh, oh, what's the new starter box adventure that's really good? Uh, Stormrack, Dragons of Stormrack Dragons Isle. Of Stormrack Isle. Like just everyone, everyone knows Dragons of Stormrack Isle, or you run it through Lost Minds of Fandelver. Yeah. Um, 
and like, oh, okay, cool. I like the idea of taking like one of the books, like take like different books, take the 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 heist book there. What is that? Um, Tales uh, from the Golden Vault. Golden Vault. Yeah. Yeah. Take Golden Vault. Run the fifteenth level adventure from there. No context, no backstory. Just yeah. See how it goes in that. Um, I think he'd be. I think a Nolamancer would be fascinating in Curse of Strahd. That's exactly right. Like, yeah. okay, how would I take a twelfth level Nullamancer and run them against mm-hmm. with four other people at twelfth level and run them against Strahd? Yeah, that'd be interesting. See how it goes, because if it you design it, and then if he basically shuts down everything the bad guy does and makes it a cakewalk for the other players, then you know you've done something wrong. Right, especially on the universally lauded adventure of Curse mm-hmm. of Strahd. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For that reason, yeah. So, and then I, they had that Vecna, yeah, the twentieth level Vecna fight. That, yeah, there we do. Released. You do that for twentieth yep. level. Yep. So, what do you imagine? So, like, if you play test, what do you th- what do you think? What's your opinion? Mm-hmm. You run a play test of a of a class with three other compatriots. Yeah. What do you say if at the end, what does the player say that you go, okay, that's the sweet spot? Mm-hmm. I, think, I mean, the first thing we look for is that they had fun. Yeah. I know that if it were me, be, I I would rather. I don't think there's a thing at the end that I expect them to say. I think I'm watching them the whole time. Sure, sure, sure. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't think there's anything. Ah, boy, what could they say at the end? You know what? I guess they would have to come out with a, ooh, next time I make one of these. Right. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Oh, I could if, also. If I could hear them plan ahead with mm-hmm. the class or, or come up with, you know, or even express. And again, as, as the DM goes, well, they basically made it a cakewalk. That's, that's important. Well, sure. Yes. Of the and DM if the says. end, I, I imagine that if the end, they're like, I was just. I was really frustrated because I didn't feel like I could do anything to compete. Right. Then you know yeah. that you're too you're too far in the opposite direction. Yeah. So I feel like they should come out of the leveled fight. They should come out feeling inspired and accomplished. Like they accomplished something, something, but they had to work hard to get it. Yes, they didn't. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They definitely like, would have. We to won by the. It's my always my thing. Like I always got want you guys to win, but I want you to win by the skin of your teeth. Right. Yeah. It's more fun to. It's yeah. more fun that way. I mean, everything's more fun to watch. I mean, how fun was it at our last game? When the cleric died. <laughs> the cleric died. Like, died, died. Yeah. The cleric. Um, the cleric. The life cleric. Yeah. In our Candlekeep game, got taken down, and I make... They roll their... It's a de- Rod Wolf character. So Rod, Rod Wolf. taken down yeah. by design. Yeah. <laughs> well, he dumped his con. <laughs> yeah. um, he... That, I make you guys roll your death saves in secret. Yeah. And he texted me, uh, natural one, and then six, I'm dead. <laughs> 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 and I, even I reacted at the table. I was like, aha! <laughs> which I shouldn't have done. Yeah. But I was like, Well, oh. we were pretty focused. I don't think anyone noticed. I, no one noticed, which yeah. is why it was so hysterical when at the end of the fight, they're like, I check on Rodwolf. I'm like, Rodwolf is dead. <laughs> He's gone. He is gone. But then Ryan, Ryan had that And then how moment. fun was that? That was awesome. He's Ryan had is that like, gem forever. He's like, I pull out a diamond and I crush it into <laughs> dust and I cast Revivify. He was, he was so excited. He has been it saving was that forever. Pure joy. He bought it from the library. He got it from the librarian at, uh, the, who was the one without the teeth? The the oh Balthmartis. He got it from Balthmartis as like a boon before we took on the mission for them on That's, the final oh, steps. Oh wow, He's yeah. had that forever. He gave it to him before the final fight at, at uh, Candlekeep, yep. right? And he used uh, persuasion on him. Oh, to make sure he gave it to. I him. forgot yeah. that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so he's had that. Oh, that's kind of a while. See? That's because that's so much better than. Oh, that's right. I had this magic item from four levels ago. No, I, I, I am certain Ryan has been chomping. I know he. I'm sure. I'm sure he's looked over that sheet a million times. When am I going to be able to use this thing? Which is, you know, what is really cool because his character, his mm-hmm. character has been on kind of a a down. He's been he's been right. feeling down. Yeah. He's yeah. he's feel he's he, that character for and Ryan plays it so well. 
Mm-hmm. He's like, my character's down. <laughs> well, you know, I will say, and this isn't a weakness of Ryan, or, or, or I, I almost feel like um, a bard, though I've never played one, sure. I almost feel like a bard is better at a low as a lower level character. Once you get it to the where we are now, at this level of conflict, mm-hmm. it seems like a bard is out of their element. I think, I think that's probably one I think of the common a complaints about bards. Batman-y, street level-ish, you know, but I'm not joining the Justice League, thanks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more of a I, birds of prey. Do a lot of, I don't know, is there a lot of people who multi-class bard? I don't know. I mean, I know right now Rodwolf is multi-classing bard. Oh, is he? Yeah, and um, he did it in uh, uh, Curse of Strahd. Oh, that's right. Yep. That's right. He's he warlock place. bard. Yep. Um, College of college of Lore, because he's got all about the information thing, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is, again, that's why I want him to play test this, because yeah. I want to give it to him and say, break it. Yeah, and he, he will, and so will Sam. Yeah, Sam will break it too. But I think they would break it in different ways. That's the funny thing. Well, maybe we have two Nullamancers. You have yeah. you play a Nullamancer defense, you play a Nullamancer offense. Yeah, see how it and just yeah, see how it, it goes. Out. Yeah, because I think they would break it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you post it on Reddit, and everyone tells you it's garbage. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just read about some. It's called El- Elliotville. It's a comic that came out in like 2016. Okay. About 2016, and it but it had been no, it had been written before that. I'll have to get the exact name, but it's uh, Evan Dorkin, I believe, did it. All right. Um, and he wrote it. It was about boy. He it goes all the way back to Justice League Task Force number 14, which is an episode, which is an issue written. I mean, Task Force is that's early 90s, maybe. People Wait. at home, I'm smiling and nodding. Yeah. I'm early doing my 90s. Best to keep yeah, it's up okay. With this. Early, either way, the point is the whole comic is about toxic fandom. Oh yeah. But he wrote it in like 2000, back before there was the overwhelming amount right. of toxic. Fandom. And I feel toxic fandom started at the prequels, so it would have been. <laughs> It was like before yep. the prequels. It really started around there. It was the um, birth. Of, yeah, it was. Yeah, it really and, was. And I just think it's interesting that somebody wrote something so oh, long that's ago. that's so interesting. Yeah, I'll have to find it. I'm sorry. I don't know where I got that. It was a total no, non-sequitur. But that's, but that's what we're talking about. Like, yeah. if you were to post this on Reddit. They, oh, that's they, what you said, Reddit. And I, when I think, it's, it's funny, funny how I think of toxic fandom when you say Reddit. And I just, because it's because of the internet. I just think. I just saw something about this too when I was doing some very thoughtful self-reflection time, which is when I scroll through Instagram reels. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a guy on there. He's kind of an academic guy. And it was, he was stitching with one of those silly, um, TikToks where it's a, it's a woman going, where, where are you girls finding these guys who are kind and sweet and good fathers and good husbands? Yeah. And then someone, this girl cuts in and a woman cuts in and says, nerds, right? nerds, that's where you find them. If they have a lightsaber, it's a green flag. They buy a wand at Harry Potter World. That's an extra big green flag. And then he cuts in, he duets in. He's like, actually, not always. Yeah. And then he 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 cites an academic paper he wrote that's been referenced by other academic papers now over a hundred times. Yeah. That's about the X Men and how the X Men as an allegory for the civil rights movement and people of differences being uh, not treated as equal. Yeah. In theory, fans of X-Men should be more empathetic and accepting based on the experiences of the characters they enjoy. Right. And he said in his academic paper, he goes on to say that actually what ends up happening is uh, the, you know, the overwhelming uh, white, straight male fans of the X-Men right. instead uh, basically fetishize persecution. Which is... And then they yeah. apply it to themselves because they, they're they basically cosplaying as victims mm-hmm. because the world just doesn't get them, which that does is, not lead to a healthy place. That is gonna... usually... That is... Okay, that is often <laughs> something um, cited a lot of times because, you know, I read... 
I think we kind of touched on this conversation, you know, outside of this, when I talked, when I kind of went down like the Yellowstone rabbit hole, right? where I was just like, I don't, I watch it and I get, I, I don't really watch it, right? I'm aware of it. I just watched recaps and whatever. But what's interesting is like, I was watching it and I could feel my leftist interests being fed, but I, there was also something that didn't quite hit home with me. Um, and, and I just, and then, so I started digging into it. I was like, what is the, you know, I, I'm feeling the political push pull on this. So I'm wondering what it is. And that's really down the middle. It's, it's mm-hmm. crazy. The amount of folks on the right that think that Yellowstone is quote unquote their show. But I find quite a few people on the left that are like, no, Yellowstone is our show. It's about environmentalism and preserving the earth and, oh, keep, man. you know, it's, it's fascinating. So, um, well, this is the same thing we say when people complain that Star Trek is woke. Right. Like, I don't like my Star Trek to be woke. But that. You know, I mean, who who is it that's a big Star... Uh, Ted Cruz is apparently a big Star Trek fan. Evidently not big enough. Apparently not big enough. But, yeah, right, absolutely. I mean, Star Trek, especially, you know, you go back for what it was going for. He loves the way the hero uh, Romulans... Yeah, the um, heroic Romulans. The heroic Romulans the hero- bring yeah, totally. order to the universe and those pesky communist yeah. federation nonsense. It, it's so it's 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 crazy. But it's it, you know, it's so funny how you know it's art, right? It's it's different interpretation, but yeah. it's so fascinating. Um But back to Nullamancers. Yeah, yeah. So throw it through yes, where were we? So we Well, were I was gonna say one of the it. things that I thought was thinking about, and this was a good note when we were listening to someone else, something else we wrote about or read about design. Yeah. That your abilities should, a good way of gauging when they should be applied to the character, mm-hmm. is, or this was for monster design, but it was look at the level at which the spell becomes accessible that does something similar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, remember, I remember that? that? Yep. So I went through and I wrote a couple of spells down that I thought might be things that sound vaguely nullamantic. I have detect magic, shield, the spell magic, counterspell, wall of force, globe of invulnerability, true seeing, magic circle, and non-detection. Mm-hmm. These are all, you know, a lot of these are abjuration spells. They are they are defensive magic. Um, and then then I had this little moment of, am I putting all this work into something? And someone's going to go, or you could just play an abjuration wizard. Well, <laughs> yeah, but an abjuration abjuration wizard wizard is say that five times fast. No way, it barely pulled off the one. <laughs> um, is also squishy. They are, you know, and, and they don't and, wield a sword and wear armor. Yeah, and that is, you know, that would be it. I guess. Yeah. So detect magic is a first level spell, and so is shield. So mm-hmm. that's two spells that are theoretically accessible at first level, unless you're a paladin or like one of those ha- like a ranger or a half caster. In which case, you're not getting that until level three or four. Right. Uh, dispel magic, counter spell, magic circle, and non detection are all third level spells. Um, but I also have to remind myself that so is fireball. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So fire. So third. I mean, our automa- As soon as you get to third level spells, they tend to jump pretty drastically in power. Yeah. Um. Wall of Force is level five, and that's a hugely powerful spell. And then Globe of Invulnerability and True Seeing are six. So if we think about that, like abilities that mirror these should be, you know, Detect Magic Shield should be early on. You get about you get a, a ways further before you get something like Dispel Magic, Counter Spell, Magic Circle, or Non Detection. Mm-hmm. And then way up high, like highest before you get to global invulnerability or true seeing or something like that. Yeah. Or wall of force. Yeah. And those, it wouldn't be those. And so then I was thinking, like, is it bad to have your Nullamancer, who's an anti caster, have a spell? <laughs> like, can you write and design the Nullamancer can cast detect magic 
as a nullomantic as a nullomantic ability. Hmm. And basically, it just functions like detect magic, but it's not detect magic. It's a nullomancer ability that echoes. Because here's my problem. So then, if a nullomancer has the ability to do counterspell, some sort of counterspell, even though I don't want it to be a counterspell class. Yeah, nullomantic a power that does like no, you shut down the spell. It's one of the rights you cast. <laughs> you shut yep. it down. Can a wizard counterspell your nullomantic thing? How does the interaction of a spell against nullomancy? If I put up a wall, a nullomantic right. border barrier, can it be dispelled? Right. Well, right, because we can't, at the same time, we can't have, you know... I can uh, make magic proof. We can't have, like, a level 5 nullomancer be able to shut down, like, a level 12 wizard that's exactly. thematically silly. Exactly. They should be able to cause a mild annoyance before the wizard kills them. Right, because they got to be a part of a, a, a team. They're backing exactly. up something. Um, hmm. How do you figure that out without, you know, because it's also, there's also something discouraging about, you know, whatever you come up with, somebody going, um, yeah, you use, you know, uh, nullomantic investigation. It's like you're going to, it's like detect magic. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to give them something and then people are just going to shorthand it for the spell you're trying to copy either. But then I'm like, are we, should we just short, I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting, do you shorthand it as a spell? Nullomantic investigation. The nullomancer can, uh, the nullomancer can cast detect magic as a nullomantic ability. <laughs> I mean, I guess, is there precedent for that? I don't know. We'd have to do I some wonder, digging. You know? Because mm. most classes, if they have access to a spell-like ability, it yeah. just says they have some spellcasting. Yeah. The ranger has spellcasting. Well, I don't dabble in it much, but I know I've mentioned it before. What about psionics? I I don't have a... What book is psionics in? Psionics are in Xanathar's? Are they? Or Tasha's. They're that. They're in one of those. They're in one of those. I don't have those here with me. Yeah. Um, they're downstairs. But that's okay. It's right. okay. So that's that's what I want us to do for Because psion- it makes me think of psionics. Yeah. It's it's something outside of the standard typical. I mean, yeah. Right. So I think so, that would be a guide. So that's if my guess. if we look at the Nullomancer as it sort of stands right now. Mm-hmm. We said earlier we were chit-chatting in the library and we yeah. said um during our lunch break yeah. We said that we think the default, like if you look at like the classes, like the Warlock mm-hmm. in the SRD, yep. only one patron option is listed. And, right. that's the def- and so that's like the default Warlock is the Fiend patron. Mm-hmm. The Fae and the uh, Outer Realm are reserved for the non-SRD. So Guardian, Guardian, Templar, or Heretic, which of those do you see as being the default, the stereo, most stereotypic list of Nullomancer? I'm sorry, I stopped listening. I started to get an idea. Okay, tell me your idea and I'll write it down right now. Tell me. What if... Okay, so here's the here's the, the seed of the idea that I was sitting here thinking. Okay, okay. I was thinking, okay, so a Nullomancer, what, how could we have a Nullomancer? He's a sent, what I started to draw a conclusion, a parallel in my mind was video game emulators. Okay. So he doesn't do he yes, he does he detect magic, but he's emulating detect magic. Your nolomantic emulation. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? And so then we can still call them spells. They can still the, the players can understand them and use them, but the structure was Yeah, so the ability is I have the ability as a nolomancer to recreate spell like right. effects which is using nolomancy. Which also gives kind of the thread to pull for where the heretic runs with. Right. You know, so it's already in your training. Oh, that's exactly right. Story-wise, yeah. they yeah. took the ability to do nullomantic emulation and they run with it. Yeah, they're like, oh, wait, no, no, and, not, we're, and, we're being dumb. We're thinking too small here. And, and they're like, no, know. no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. That's too much. And right. then and why is it too much is what we have to figure out. Why can't you do that? 
I like the idea that the the heretic has the ability to discover the secrets. Right, and that alone is is perhaps enough. You know, and I always like the idea too that I also like the idea that the heretic has some inkling. Like I always feel like the brainwashing wasn't wrong. perfect. And so they are likely to want to dismantle the things. They're like a the blade runner that the col- right, <laughs> that the college of vigilance does. They want to they know something was wrong, they know something, you know, because then you can have them coming from like a villainous perspective, you can have them being essentially a heroic heretic going, "No, you they're taking your children and they're putting them on a battlefield in the clone wars." Mm-hmm. No, that was Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we could totally work with nullomantic emulation, but so what the question I asked you before yeah, sorry, that seed of yeah. no no that's yeah. perfect yeah. because you solved the problem right because I'm like we, I'm, that's potentially something now that can be drafted to solve a problem yeah I was thinking so, about playing Super s- Nintendo I'm super on glad your PC. you spit that out yeah so my question was um, Guardian Templar or Heretic which do you see as the most stereotypical Nullamancer I'm torn but I, I know it's not I Heretic I'm seeing Templar the Templar that's the yeah. offensive one yep. Okay, so we make the offensive one the default. Okay, yeah. I mean, and that's what I'm seeing. The defensive one... It's not the it, one I would play. I would obviously play the heretic. But... Of course. The Templar is... And that's going to be the thing, too, is everyone's going to want to play the heretic. For sure. And Although, they don't get some of the cool abilities that the Guardian and right, the, the Templar Right, we have to... Get. We have to... Yeah, exactly. I we, see the Templar as being probably the most attractive. Right. That We have to make sure that the te- the heretic doesn't become the most popular. We don't want to create the Hexblade. <laughs> well, yeah. What warlock do you... Hexblade. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. You know, circle the moon. Right. right. I know. Yeah, no, I, I totally... Yeah, you... Yeah. So, yeah. Alrighty. Outro time? It's outro time, my friend. <laughs> and that, friends, I spontaneously and just... Burst into outro. Yeah. Uh, is all the time we have for today. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. For more information or to peruse the latest drafts of our creations, visit our website at www.fourthpillarplay.com. All spelled out. Where you can uh, also like and follow us on uh, Instagram. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, thank you again. And we look forward to creating more with you. Bye-bye.